Welcome to About Progress, a podcast devoted to ordinary people who are striving to improve themselves, overcome obstacles, and make something special of their lives, all while maintaining a healthy balance. In short, people who know life is about progress, not perfection. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in. I have just a few announcements for you. If you didn't catch the episode last week with Kara Baldwin, I highly recommend it. Kara is great. She was divorced at 30 years old with four very young children, and we talk about what she did to turn her life around and to find herself again. You can find that episode on my website about progress, and I also have all my show notes there with every past episode, and you can stream it directly from there for those people that you are trying to recommend the podcast to that they just don't understand how podcasts work. They can always stream it right from my website. I have loved getting to meet, uh, quote unquote, meet new listeners online through Instagram and Facebook. You can connect with me there at About Progress, and you can always direct message me there or email me at packerprogress at gmail.com. So thank you so much for those who have reached out to me lately. I have really enjoyed getting to know a lot of you better. And uh, thank you also to those who have left reviews on iTunes, who have subscribed as well, who have shared this podcast. It means so much to me. And I'm really grateful for those of you who have done this survey that I apparently need 250 of you to do. It takes about 30 seconds to fill out. And that link is in my show notes as well. Let me tell you about today's episode. I spoke with Jenny Auerkamp, who is just one of the happiest women I've ever spoken with. And you can sense though that a lot of this is a choice. It's a choice that she has done every day to focus more on who she is rather than what she produces. This lesson came in many ways, but in two of those ways was with motherhood. She learned to have her self-worth based on herself and who she is inside and how she treats people rather um, than the outward measures of success. And another lesson was learned from when she sold interest in her rising business and the transition back to focusing full-time on her family and what that taught her about the importance of being centered. So you're going to love Jenny. She's just so easy to make friends with. And I love what she says so much about goal making as well. So let's turn to my time with Jenny. Hi, I'm here with Jenny Auerkamp. Hi, Jenny. Hey, Monica. How are you? I'm really great. We just chatted away for like 20 minutes before the interview was even going to start. (laughs) So I know people are going to love to hear from you. Can you give us an introduction, Jenny? Yes, this is so much fun, first of all. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm Jenny Auerkamp, and I'm a mom of three little girls. I just had my third baby two months ago, so she is tiny and darling. Um, Olivia is four. Claire is two. Actually, Olivia would say, no, I'm four and a half. So (laughs) I've got a four and a half year old, two and a half year old, and then my sweet Emmy is um, two months. My husband and I just finished law school. I always say that together, like we finished law school because you did. It was <laughs> it was such an adventure. Uh, literally, like a week and a half ago, mm-hmm. and he he was a law student at UVA in Charlottesville, Virginia. So we just made the big trek um, from Virginia to the West Coast again, and he's going to start working for a big law firm in San Diego in a few months. So we are a little bit in transition. 
that's where I am with my family life. I love to write. I love people. I love the color yellow. It's yeah. my favorite color. I'm kind of a yellow personality. Uh, what else about me? I'm a runner. I'm a yogi. Uh, gosh, I'm a friend. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, you're so nice to do this after so many big you know, transitions in your family. And I know that you've been under the weather too. So I really appreciate you coming on, especially during this time. And we have a lot to talk about. Obviously, we already chatted away. So I, I want to start though with your growing up years a little bit. And I want to know more about if you've always been a lover of creativity and joy and achievement, because those are all things I would totally uh, pair up with you. So what about that? Oh, good question. That's that's fun. I love, um, just as a preface, I should say, I'm a human development major. I graduated from Brigham Young University in human development. And so understanding people and their backgrounds is like a fire in my blood. So these really? questions are so fun. I'm glad you've asked them. I did grow up with a very creative mother and father, actually. My dad, he's not like a typical creative. He wasn't artsy in that way, but He's an entrepreneur and a visionary entrepreneur. And oh, yeah. he was in real estate and he could envision how a development was going to be unique and different. And he developed his land in that way and was, was very creative in being unique and doing business in a unique way. So got some creative blood through him. My mother, she is artistic. Um, we're, just, we're living in my parents' house right now for the summer and there's a, a painting, and I said, Olivia, to my oldest daughter, Olivia, Grandma painted that. And she said, she's an artist? <laughs> she was totally surprised. And yes, my mother is so creative. She would never flaunt that, hmm. never did growing up. Um, I felt like we had my mom 1,000%, but now that I'm older and can look back and, you know, have an adult conversation with my mom, totally. She is super creative, always helped me. Um, be creative too so that was fostered it was nurtured and it was part of my nature I think it's in my blood and as far as the joy that's probably mostly well I'd say it's both too nature and nurture my mom and dad did just a good job of letting us as kids be ourselves and Mm. I think it helped my mom or helped me to have my mom identify me as being joyful early on she used to call me Jenny Joy and and so I, um, I believe that <laughs> kids believe what their parents say about them. Mm-hmm. And I believe that and loved that. Um, it's always been, yeah, kind of easy for me to be happy naturally. And, uh, your last question was that about, was it achieving? Yeah. Uh-huh. Or am I making that up? Nope. Yes. That's achieving. It. Um, I, yeah, I've always kind of been that way as well. <laughs> My parents did another good job of, of um, letting me achieve. I think my mom noted my strengths early on and just kind of let me do my thing. There was only a few times, I've talked to her about this, now that I have daughters who I can also see um, some of my strengths in them. I'm like, okay, whoa, how do we make this a strength instead of a struggle? Yeah. As far as like being an achiever. Mm -hmm. And my mom uh, just kind of, we rolled with punches. She said, I 
I saw that you were singing. I saw that you were performing. And so we put you on a stage and I did, I performed for a long time when I was little. Um, it's just supportive. So supportive. When I, she saw that I was musical, she got me with um, a piano teacher who was very hard, very strict. She was a classical performance mm-hmm. piano teacher. And so for five years, I was practicing and training to be a classical piano performer. Wow. And it was awesome for me. So good for me. It taught me such foundational skills for my life. And once I was done with that, I told my mom I'm ready to move on to other things. She said, great, and let me move on. That so, is incredible. Just that, right? Because can you imagine as yeah. a parent, you're like, we just invested five years of this, both money and time and I'm sure discipline. So that's a huge thing. It was awesome. And now that I see, I mean, I felt respected then. It was mm-hmm. like, okay, good. It got really intense. My teacher said, she gave me the ultimatum. Um, you're at the point you've got to let go of your other um, time investments and focus on this or, you know, you've got to pick right for piano. And okay. I wasn't ready to, I wasn't ready to do that. I felt like mm-hmm. I had other things another interest. So it was my choice. And yes, looking back, I'm like, mom, you're so nice. Yeah. You let me do that. <laughs> so what were those so, other interests that you ended up pursuing? Or I went back to the stage. Yeah. Yep. I, I was in junior high at that point. So late elementary to early, early junior high, I was very invested in the piano and I went back to performing, um, in theater and loved that. Mm-hmm. And then my parents actually moved. We moved from Northern Utah to Southern Utah. And in that move with a kind of a new change or in, in a new life, I got involved in athletics. So I went from uh, performing on the stage to tennis and running. That's why I say I feel like I'm a runner now. I ran for a lot of years. And after that, gosh, then I went to college, and I feel like you get so boring in college. But <laughs> We all probably got boring in college. I know. All of a sudden, you just study. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's kind of where my interest took me. I kind of have, um, I just like to dabble. I feel like once I've got something checked off in one area I I really do seek a challenge and how can I go to the next thing and kind of check it off and try something new after that so my parents were supportive of that and rounding back to your question circling back yes they supported creativity totally helped me feel happy and joyful and um, achieve so kind of it was who I am and then it was also very nurtured in my family culture. And I just praise my parents for that. I really appreciate them in that way. I'd like to know what challenges you took on as an adult. Um, after you graduated from college, you got married, um, you you started having kids, but I know you've also done a lot of things that, uh, are, were successful and creative and challenges. So can you tell me about some of the different things that you have taken on and what jobs and passions you've pursued as an adult? Yes, because I have not really stopped the, the Mm -hmm. kind of the thrill to find the next best thing. So uh, I did, I married my best friend, my husband, Ryan, just Oh, he makes me sing. I love him so much. Mm. We were married. We had our first baby way sooner than I ever thought, but I'm so grateful we had her when we did because 
she opened up, being a mother opened up so many doors for me when my perception of young motherhood was that doors kind of closed. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I think that's probably a societal perception that I assumed. I wasn't taught that. I didn't feel that in my own home or see that in my mother or even the mothers around me, but growing up kind of achieving, it seemed like, and then in our culture, um, graduate degrees were the next achievement and having a professional career was the achievement after that. So I kind of had that perspective for my life, at least that forecast. And then Olivia was coming, my first baby, and I had to revolutionize how I was going to keep progressing. Uh, That's what I thought at the time, okay? And then, as you know, you're a mother, then you have a baby, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I don't have to try hard to be progressing here. This child is challenging me. Mm. It's, you know, such hard work. Yeah. But. I did not, so she helped me change and progress a lot. Having my family has been the biggest challenge I've done so I've I've at least um, encountered and taken on so far. The best challenge, and I would say it's my greatest achievement, for sure, growing a human, having a human being, and then raising them. Yeah. But I was not expecting Mm -hmm. a motherhood, like I said, to open all those doors, professional and creative doors that I thought were going to be closed to me. Mm-hmm. So Olivia is probably, let's see, September. She's born in September. She's about a year and a half old. And my mother-in-law, she's one of the best mothers I've ever known. She's incredible. She gifted us a box, this box of being, it was a creative box. It had, that's what we called it. It had Play-Doh, it had beads, it had, an outdoor tablecloth because you can get one of those messy and we could lay out the tablecloth and play. This was for Olivia and I to play with, so, to play on it, so to be messy cute. and fun. She's darling. She's, she's an incredible mom. It resonated with me. The human development um, student in me said, Oh, this is the best. You're supposed to be on the ground with your kids. You're supposed to be with them. This is what's going to help my daughter. So as we're engaging and growing together with this little creative box, um, it evolved into my first business. And oh. this is how we, my husband is going, he's starting law school. We're about four months out from moving across the country. And I realized, okay, we're not going to have any money. What mm-hmm. are we going to do? And um, I'm a prayerful person. I totally believe that you can pray to God and he can, he will communicate with you. That's my personal belief. And so I'm praying and thinking and working out in my head how are we going to have an income and I felt like I could start a business I feel like that was kind of my answer so then I start thinking okay what am I going to do for a business I I I think you can do anything you know and there was one day I'm on the ground with Olivia looking at what we are making together and I realized this ground cover this outdoor tablecloth it was like a light bulb in my head I could revolutionize this, and this could be my business. And the thought, the playground, yeah. just popped into my head like a balloon popping in the sky. You know, it was awesome. Hmm. And I thought, okay, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. And so time passed, lots of work passed. I was working with a friend. A friend came on and was working with me, and we developed um, from that idea, that inception, the playground mat, it became 
a small business, and we ran a Kickstarter campaign. We raised more money than I would have ever, ever dreamed. Um, it was a $78,000 campaign. And oh, that's there incredible. Was what, that, what that translated to say or to me was there was potential here. Mm-hmm. So that was my first business, and in the last five years, what have I pursued other than these sweet babies, um, that venture. And that was a really special venture for me. It was awesome to see how I invested in my motherhood 100%. And after doing that, doors opened, as I mentioned, at the very start. And I was able to grow that business. I sold my interest. I went back to being totally invested in my girls again, kind of being my own boss, Mm -hmm. because after a while, small business starts to be your boss. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it kind of runs your life. So it was beautiful. It was such an awesome experience to grow that little baby, send it off into the world, come back to my little girls, and now I'm in that process again of living our lives day to day, being the most invested, focused mother that I can be, and developing things out of what we are doing. So the chicken and the egg, what comes first for me, my interests, when I have put them into my children, suddenly I've got a new product or a new venture to help other moms and other people. And the process has been totally unexpected. I did not foresee that before I had children. But that has been my experience, and I have loved it, absolutely loved it. I love how you view that because I think when you're being challenged as a mother, especially with your first child, when it is all just so new, it's really easy to push back against the challenges they bring up. Um, You know, the mirror they hold up to you and showing you all your Mm. weaknesses or how they force you to grow. And I just love that. Yeah, I love instead of pushing back against that, that you embrace the growth potential that they that they are instilled with for all of us. And, and that has opened your heart and your mind and your future in ways that wouldn't have if you had just trudged along with it or just done things because you felt like you were supposed to. I think that choice to embrace it is what has opened those doors for you. And I feel like that is something that has taken me a long time to learn. So I really admire that you learned that so quickly. You're so kind. It's it's still something I am learning. Our culture doesn't really support just being a mom. If you hear the phrase, I'm just a mom, or mm-hmm. some people say that very proudly, I'm just a mom. Yeah. And I and it's it's something you do have to learn and something I still still have to push back sometimes. We just move from a very very academic, very achievement-oriented culture. Mm -hmm. And the stares that I would receive as I would have my babies walking up to the law school where my husband was because we were going to say hi. We were, you know, say hi to him for one time during the day before we went home. I I got some serious stares. Like, Mm -hmm. you obviously don't have anything better to do with your life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And so to push that mentally back and say, no, no, I, I know how to make this work for me. I know that what I'm doing by spending my time with these children, I, I pity the people looking on and thinking that all I do is, is change their diapers all day because absolutely not. Um, I started that business, but working with my baby since has helped me get into graphic design. 
I, well, that business helped too. I did all the graphic design work for my first business. And just since taught then, yourself. I have pet, yes, self taught. I, I was the business, I branded the business. I, I wanted to be totally in control of the vision, the visual aspect of it, so that the vision could play out. Mm-hmm. I, I really believe in having a vision and watch it, you know, like push it with the visuals that you have. So, um, that's translated now into my motherhood. I have designed toys for my children. I have designed, I just finished, well, gosh, it's been January now, but the latest product that we've been using is this simple chore chart. It sounds so silly, a chore chart, but that really. That's not silly. Any, any mom knows that, or, and dad too. That's oh, not silly. You just, you have to have them around, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the one, the one that I've been able to fine tune has helped my daughter's understand the process and they're tiny they're two and a half and four and a half and but they get it they see that when they work hard they can put that sticker on they get their money they go to the store they buy their reward Mm -hmm. or even just just the joy of helping in our home like just a simple little paper has really helped the culture of our home change where my children are contributors instead of just takers which you know, we work at it. They're not like these robots that follow everything I say. They can push back as well, but they do get it. They realize, okay, I'm part of a a business here. I am working with my family to create something bigger than ourselves. And because of what I've been able to design visually for my kids, they understand. You know, they can't read. They have to have visuals. Children have visuals. So, since then, since that business, I feel like I'm almost talking in a roundabout way. I'm so sorry. No, this is but exactly what I'm looking for. Now I design and I have um, invested more into my blog so that my children have a really solid record of who we are, what we've done. And also I want that blog. It, this year, my goal has been to make the blog a place for other mothers to come, other women to come and have resources in what their work or in their work and what they're doing. So I'm just, life is good. It, it's really happy. It's, I've learned from my interests and my ventures and kind of that drive to find the next challenge to take care of my people, do our thing, and watch the opportunities emerge and doors open and to take those as they come, to walk through the doors as they open up. So I'm interested in a few more things. When uh, you sold your interest in your business, um, you talked about shifting back to solely focusing on your girls. I mean, but of course you've had these other creative passions too that you just mentioned. And I want to explore that as well. But first I want to know about that transition uh, back, the adjustment back uh, into that. Were there some challenges with that or um, were there some surprising joys in that and I just want to know about that transition a bit more I love that question because yes to both questions I was surprised after I sold the interest to see how much of my self-worth I had come to tie to that business Mm -hmm. which was not the right thing but I didn't know it until I had left it yeah so what did I learn gosh, I learned that you cannot, you should not. And if you do, if you go through this process in your life, it, it's going to, you'll be better for it. I went through this process of realizing that I had tied my self-worth to 
a variable situation. Mm. A business is not constant. I mean, obviously, I sold it, and then I'm without this business, and here I am. I'm Jenny again. Jenny the what? Jenny with what, you know? Mm-hmm. It was almost, you know, at the time, it was nothing. And I didn't realize how much I had come to rest on the identifier of Jenny the um, owner of Let's Playground. That was my business. It's called It was Let's Playground when I started it. The name has since changed. Mm-hmm. But I took a hit with that. It was a healthy hit. It taught me that when I'm forward in my life, and now I'm, it's been two years now since I uh, sold. Um, in the last two years, I have been deliberate and very conscious of not tying my self-worth to anything, and that includes people, because um, mm-hmm. I've gone through that experience too, mm-hmm. uh, that can change and that might change my feelings of myself. Because uh, for a while, I, when I was in the business, if someone introduced me, they said, oh, and you should have seen her Kickstarter. Or I'm talking to someone and they say, oh, I have your mat. You're the coolest thing, you know, and mm-hmm. that totally can fill your bucket. But I'd like to say it's more like filling your bucket with Kool-Aid instead of with, like, um, vegetable juice from Whole Foods. Yeah. <laughs> if we can yeah. draw that comparison, one is much less substantial and I didn't realize that until I left. So it was very good for me to go through the process of saying, okay, who am I without anything? And who do I want to be? And I realized that if I were to go through my life without having any other um, venture tied to me, I wanted to be known, so with or without anything, I wanted to be known as um, a true, faithful, happy mother and woman someone who was totally proud of my roles as a woman, a wife, and a mother, who could own it, who could find joy without having anything else to do except for live her life. And it was a beautiful experience for me to work hard at pushing away stigmas, pushing away the desire to have have something else so that I could have identity. No, 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 no. Working and learning how to have identity with who I am and how I treat people rather than what I produce was one of the best uh, learning experiences after leaving and after selling that interest. It was really good for me because my daughters are growing up in a very competitive, very achievement, very product-oriented world. What you put on your resume is who you are, essentially. And so I'd love to be able to pass on to them the value of being an individual with no strings attached. Hmm. And your value comes from um, the way you behave, the way you make others feel, and uh, how, you, how you lift. You know, it's not so much about what you do, but who you are. So... I think that applies to everybody, whether or not they are married or single or with children, without children, or maybe their children have grown, or maybe their children aren't doing what, how they, you know, they're not doing well. You know, sometimes kids right. aren't, they don't live up to how they were raised. And I, and I don't mean that in a, in a bad way. I just mean, if we tie, yeah. if we tie our self-worth to anybody, 
it's not going to turn out well. And I, but I think what I'm seeing from you is if you have this innate choice to value yourself and value the choices that you have made and have a vision in mind of who you want to be, that en- enables you to be better at whatever you whatever you are called to do. And I love that. That's exactly it. That's hmm. totally it. It's a universal principle that I think we need to empower our children with whoever we're working with that's younger than us, uh, letting them see that you are confident and happy in who you are and not, not essentially all that you do. You know, that's the mm-hmm. second, that's the second half. It starts with who you are. Yeah. Then what you do comes so naturally and so beautifully that that is respected because you are who you are first. Hmm. Well, that was an unexpected beautiful lesson from selling my interest in a small business. Who would have thought? <laughs> well, there could have been a whole, I mean, there could have been so many other routes you could have gone with that and and ones that wouldn't have served you in the end. I like how you turn that around to teach you something and to serve you. And um, I'm glad that you'd be real about those struggles too, about that adjustment, because I think when people hear people um, or uh, young mothers, like like we both are, just say how much they love being a mother and are 100% devoted, uh, they can feel a little bit guilty. Like maybe they think, well, I must not be a good enough mom because I, I still have dreams or mm-hmm. I still have passions. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes people equate being 100% devoted to to not having that not doing oh you know yes, what I'm saying I don't agree with that yes so, I don't agree with it I I hear that and what you're saying like I I see that um but I want you to go into that a little bit more and talk about okay how that's that doesn't equate you know that devotion does not equate losing yourself and you you, you no. talked about that but let's go into that a little more I love that you brought this up as well because I I, you can hear me. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, yeah. I, and I've, I've talked a lot about this with my own mother, actually, who is probably the strongest proponent of mothers being invested at home. So when I talk about, okay, but mom, I like have all these ideas and I really want to do this. And she's the first, she's a good, healthy pushback for me in a lot of ways. She'll say, okay, are your kids taken care of? And of course they are. I always say, yes, they are. Because at the end of the day, if you were to strip away everything, my children would be the ones that I, I would want, you know? So yes, I, I, I take care of my children first. My mom and I have talked and she's taught me and I've taught her in different ways. There are still talents that women have. There are still interests and passions. And when you shove a woman in a corner of her bedroom, and say, you have a good time spending all your days at home, that woman is going to be one of the most depressed you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. So what do we do with these ideas? I think we just have to learn how to stick so true to what you really do feel interested in and what you feel called to do. So my mom, as we're talking, she she said, what did you... Because I say, Mom, I, I, I've got these other buckets to fill and you say what did you do how did you fill your buckets I've told you she was an artist but I didn't Mm -hmm. see that very much growing up Mm -hmm. and she said you know as I grew up it changed I as a mother as I grew up Mm -hmm. she said what did think hard what did you see me do and I said well I saw you read and she's like yep I became a reader she and she's a voracious reader she can 
devour a book. And that is how she filled her bucket. And she, even now, just last night, I see her. I put my kids to bed and I come down for my midnight bowl of cereal. Yeah. And she's on the couch reading and that is how she fills her bucket. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that gives her, reading gives her intelligence. She's, she's a very bright woman. Obviously it gives her um, experiences in different ways. And it fills her, she's happy, she feels like she can contribute back to her family. Well, that's not me. I'm not a reader like that. I can read a book very fast, and that's what I do. I kind of inhale it, and then I'm done for a few months, as far as the book goes. But it doesn't fill your bucket like it does. That's not my bucket. Mm -hmm. So what are my buckets? Well, for for a while, as we've talked, it was entrepreneurship. It still is. I'm not done with being an entrepreneur. I just am doing it in different ways now. Right now, my buckets are writing on my blog, writing in general. I've got some projects on the side. It is in designing. It is in going places with my girls. It's learning how to have this challenge presented to me. I've got babies on my back. What can I do outside of our home today? Um, These things fill my buckets. So however you as a woman, if we're speaking solely to women here, I'm sure you have men listening as well. Yeah. However you fill your buckets, though, doesn't matter. Genders aside, roles aside, fill them in a, in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Take care of your people, take care of your job, and then please listen to the feelings inside that are saying, oh my gosh, I just want to blink. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? Okay, now go do that. Because there, there comes a point where I feel you give and give and give, and it's healthy and it's good. It's a challenge to give, and then it's a challenge to replenish yourself again. And if you fall trapped to the idea that you're only a good mother or a good employee if you keep giving, um, you're doomed. You're in trouble. You've got to do what you feel if you want to do. If that means you need to enlist the help of people to give you time to fill that bucket, I'd say take down your pride and ask for help. Because it's that important to have your bucket full, to be yeah. healthy, you know? So and then watch awesome. yourself, because I'm sure you've seen it in friends and others, and even in yourself, I saw it in myself, you get uh, satisfied with your personal bucket, per se, and sometimes you can let your other people go. So everyone's going to go through it. I think people should go through it because that's how you truly learn. You could hear me say this. Make sure you take care of your responsibilities, then take care of yourself. Uh, but you really don't understand until you go through it yourself. But I'm not a proponent of mothers, of young mothers, of anyone just doing their job. I really believe that you should maintain an identity as, who you, as to who you are. Your children will see that, and they will love you for it. They will love you more for loving yourself and Of course, they will love you for loving them. So you've got to do both. But nope, I don't think that the best mother out there is the one who just, just does her, quote, children all day. Yeah. Thank you for speaking on that. And you did it so well. And I think, like you said, this does, this applies to everyone, too. We had another guest on a few months ago. uh, His name is Matt Davis. And he talked about this with the lens of he is the sole provider in his family. But whether or not Mm -hmm. they're a sole provider, uh, just getting tied, like the self-worth being tied to his work 
and, mm-hmm. and evaluating what was really worth it in the end. And if it's worth it to live our life based off of shoulds and have tos and trying to match mm-hmm. whatever people are telling us is successful, even as a, even if you are quote unquote, just a stay at home mom, you can invest your self worth and how, how that's going fully. And that's probably not the wisest decision because those children have minds of their own and personalities mm-hmm. they might not turn out exactly how you want all the time and if that's oh, based and- on that you're gonna feel like a failure too so I just see oh, everything absolutely. you say yeah it's all mm-hmm. going back to that foundation you talked about making sure you're invested in yourself you're doing what you really think is valuable and right and co- that you're called to do and, and doing your best to balance that yep I'll, I'll add that I mentioned I I pray and I have prayed every over everything I do and I feel like with that assistance I can feel okay I'm a little too far on this bucket I'm a little too far in this one that has helped so much if you can be introspective and take time to really meditate and think or pray about what you're doing I I believe that has helped me a lot in order to feel content on both ends yeah and and to stick true totally true no matter what the girl next door is doing, that is she's doing really well at it. And so you think, gosh, should I be doing that? No, no. Listen to, to what your heart is saying. Like, oh, gosh, that's what I want to do. And just do that. Put all the comparisons aside and totally do be who you are. Well, Jenny, I want to talk about your goals and how you go about making them. You talked about that with how, how you've been doing that with your young girls already, which is so impressive. And on your blog, I read that you decided 2016 last year was the year for you to be more formal about how you pursue your goals. So how did that look different for you than other years? And what was the outcome of you purposefully uh, pursuing your goals? Great question. Because I learned a lot that year. So it started with my husband and I sitting down and having a formal goal setting meeting of all things. <laughs> I yes. think that was really the kicker. And he learned that from one of his mentors. Uh, he and his wife did that every year. They went on a tiny little retreat in January and they sat together, talked honestly, totally honestly. I feel like your spouse should be your safe place where you can spill your beans about what you'd like to do and not have any judgment cast back. And uh, if that's your case, you are so lucky you need to run with that. So that's what they would do. They would sit and be honest about what they wanted to do that year. My husband and I did that. We were home for Christmas break. This was still during law school. We left our little babies with our parents and just got a hotel room like across town. So not even far. We sat down and we categorized mental, physical, social, spiritual. And for me, it was entrepreneurial uh, because that's just a part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And we put one thing down, what are we going to do? And there is magic. I'm, I'm sure there's science behind this. If you want to go, <laughs> go like search it. I know there is. I've, I've heard it. I've read it. And when you write something down, the responsibility that you now feel to see it through increases. So before when I'd say, okay, so this year, it's a new year. I'm going to like, I'd like list things mentally. And, or as I'm going along in the year, I'd get a desire to do something. I'd be like, damn, I'm going to do that. And I would do it. So I kind of felt like I was accomplishing but that year, we actually wrote them down. 
Hmm. And I saw, I, I did, I felt that sense of determination to check that off the list. I didn't realize, you hear that all the time, write down your goals. I heard it all the time growing up. But I did not taste the sweet fruit of that venture until I had done it. And it is different. It is totally hmm. different than just saying, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. No, when you write it down and when you're specific about what you want to do, it can happen. It's amazing. So that year, um, I wanted to run a half marathon. I'd done that before, but I definitely wanted to run that. There was a particular race in my um, former city in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Checked that off the list. And I did it in a great time because I had said, okay, I'm going to do this. And I trained well. Uh, entrepreneurially, I wrote the goal down to design a toy to I had already designed the toy, actually. I was going to market and sell this uh, set of blocks that mm-hmm. I had designed for my daughters. I wrote down the amount of money I wanted to make as in profits, like what I actually wanted to pocket. I wrote down how I wanted to sell it, where I wanted to sell it. I wanted to sell it on my own blog. I didn't want to go to Etsy. I didn't want to go to an external source. I, want this, I wanted it to be my own, own venture. And I did it. I That's sold so cool. the amount of blocks that I wanted to within a weekend. Oh, and wow. check. It was done. That goal was done. You know, oh, I, I almost don't know how to explain it. You like, mm. <laughs> there's just some magic. And it was, it was totally life changing for me because I saw, okay, there is potential in me to do things that I didn't think I could do or at least do them in a way, in a much better way. Uh, I don't have to mull along. I can really, really be deliberate about what I like to do in my life, and it just might happen. And uh, my husband's a great example of this as well. We did it again this January. He wrote down the goal to do, and I was like, wow, lofty goal. He wrote down a half Ironman. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, go for it. That's cool. I honestly didn't think this is this is like confession sorry I I was like I I don't know when you are going to find the time to do that but write it down let's let's think about it anyway he wrote it down he just completed his first half Ironman so wow that's a half marathon 56 mile bike ride and I'm blinking on the swim mileage is it a mile no it took him anyway I don't remember. Back to back to back. He just did it while he finished law school and after we had had our first baby. And I tell you, when you write it down and when you see the opportunity open up, he saw this race uh, listed and he was like, hey, that would be a good race. He didn't register for like two weeks and he came to me. He's like, gosh, I wish I would have done that race. Mm -hmm. And I said, is it closed? And he was like, no. I'm like, hey, you're already regretting it. You have to do it. Yeah. I think that's one of life's great measurements. How much are you going to regret something? So um, he did it. And I feel like 2017 is in the books for him already. Yeah. <laughs> he just like, but writing it down and having someone that you can sit across the table from has helped, a, it's helped me tenfold. So if, you're, if you don't have a spouse, if you're not married, um, chatting with your best friend, chatting with your parent, anyone that you can really trust, really planning together 
And if you don't, if you're not comfortable with that, then just be honest and open in your bedroom by yourself. But be honest about it. Be a little vulnerable in saying, gosh, this is big, but I think I'd like to do it. And then write it down and make up your plan about how you're going to get there. So my husband found an awesome training plan, and he followed it to the T somehow. Somehow, and all that crazy, uh, he just ran his race, and it was awesome. So That's such an achievement. That really so the is. magic there, I think, is plant is a little meeting. You need to have a meeting with somebody or, or an honest version of yourself. Write them down. And I, we don't set that many goals. Like we have like five. Yeah. And pick the, pick the few that you really care about and then start working and you'll feel such a success. It's really awesome. Really, really awesome. I love how doable that is too. And I know that you are wise too in knowing that there are different times and seasons right now. Like you said, you have a newborn and you've just moved across the country and still have another move in a few months and life has to alter its pace as well. So what, mm-hmm. how do you pair that with uh, making goals and still going after them, but, but doing it in the right time and the right way for you right now? Yes. That's a, you asked the best question. <laughs> Thanks, Jenny. <laughs> this whole hour has been so fun. Um, I, I have a planner every year. One of my 2016 goals was to actually start planning my days again. Yeah. Because I was advised as a brand new mom, never plan your day. It's always going to go wrong. Well, that's true for a, a good amount of time. And then it's not applicable anymore, yeah. in my opinion. I really feel like you can, as a mother, still plan your day and execute it. So um, I got my planner for 2017, and I looked at it. I remember buying it and thinking, I'm not going to use this one very much for almost all of the year. And it has been true. Yeah. <laughs> we, um, when you've got an upheaval, upheaval of your life, like a newborn, a job change, or a move, uh, the learning how to readjust expectations is so important. So when we're goal setting, Ryan and I, in January, I have, like, just a handful of goals. Um, so my expectations, what I'm trying to say, my expectations went from pretty high for myself last year to pretty low this year. I have a goal to learn how to play the ukulele. I have a goal to run another half marathon. And that's about it, other than as far as, like, production goals, that's about it. My other goals are are self-development goals. And I'd say that's where somebody can focus and feel content and still feel happy and confident about their life. When you can't produce much, when you can't achieve much, turn it around and focus on who you are as a person. Because every day is a day for you to change and be better, no matter how many babies you have, no matter how messy your house is, no matter where you're living, you can always focus on who you are, um, how you're treating people, how you're treating yourself. And so my other goals, honestly, are to continue to pursue joy. That was a goal that I had in 2016 that I didn't feel like I really, really fulfilled. So I'm pursuing that one again, and um, I have a goal to be um, a much 
more patient mother who doesn't have that goal. But, you know, I'm really, really after it this year. And so I I have a plan of what I do when I feel like, okay, I could lose my patience here. So I'm working at that on actually becoming patient. That's just who I am. I want to be patient. And then, again, with the pursuing joy, I have a little formula that I'm practicing when I feel like life is starting to get depressing what I have a little <laughs> this little process I go through to bounce back so that yeah. I can meet my goal to be joyful you know hmm. so when you can't do very much and that's just the nature of my life in this small season yeah I can't do a ton but I can be I can be more and so hmm. I would say switch it around like that and start <sighs> focusing on the, the nature of your character and that Gosh, when you change yourself, don't you feel like that's one of the biggest achievements ever? Like when you actually see change in yourself? Well, I think we too easily look for the external signs of success when it really, at the heart of it, you can be the most successful person in the world and just be a total jerk (laughs) or hate your life, you know, so. Yes, or or hate your life. Mm Mm-hmm. Totally. I, I needed so, to hear so much of what you've said about this today, Jenny. This is so helpful. Oh, good. I thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk. <laughs> In elementary school, the teachers, my, all my teachers told my mom, she's great. She talks too much. Otherwise, great. <laughs> hey. so, well, you're using that you gift for good, for sure. <laughs> Um, I Thank have you. I have uh, a final question for you, but before we do that, please tell people where they can find you and what services you are offering um, in case they're interested uh, after listening to you. You're so nice. Yes. I, um, as I just mentioned, I'm in a really slow time of life. Yes. So not doing too much, but you can find me. And what I really care about right now in this slow season is interacting and talking with others and just making connections. So you can find me on Instagram and on my blog. And my handle on Instagram is jenny.a, J-E-N-I dot A. My blog is, uh, the URL is almost the same. It's jenny-a.com. And if you're going to go to my blog, you'll see my post, my latest post. Actually, I, I posted last week, but I'm pumping out a post about every month other than a little series I do on on Sundays. But as far as the resources I hope to provide to all my fellow girls out there, um, you'll see I'm getting something out about once a month, keep your expectations so low. But what I do hope to share is what I'm learning, just my life, you know, just Mm -hmm. what I'm going through, what I'm learning and what's working for me as a young mom and as a woman that has a creative drive. So you'll see in a few weeks, I mentioned that short chart. Um, actually, by the time you share this interview, I, I better have posted this short chart. <laughs> I'll but, hold you to um, it. I'll push you. Okay. <laughs> and you hold me to Keep it, too, accountable. to using it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I have a small link, a small tab on my blog. It's my little shop link. And it is a downloads page. You can download the color blocks that I designed for my girls. You can download the chore chart that I've designed. Uh, you can download stationery that I've designed. Um, easy, easy thank you cards to print out so that you can be grateful. You know, I believe in the power of gratitude. So I can, that's what I'm kind of providing per se right now. 
really small things that are helping me as a mother in big ways. And they're all on my blog. And otherwise, on Instagram, I'm just kind of just <laughs> hitting the breeze over there, talking and I sharing. I love Instagram. And being very honest, though, about yeah. about what we're going through. Mm-hmm. And I love I love writing. I've always been a writer. So to be able to put things into words in both of these arenas is important to me. So you'll see me there kind of crafting and writing and sharing and talking back with you as people comment. And it's fun. I just, I love friends. I've always been a lover of friends. And so in both of these arenas, if you come by, I will just cherish you as my new friend. Well, so. I already feel like we're on that level, so I'm sure everyone else will too. So I have. I do too, Jenny. So, you're so great. This has been really, really good. Um, I have the final question for you now, and I'm sure you've heard me ask other guests this, and it's, "What have you learned about yourself the past few years?" Yes, I have heard you ask your other guests. This is a good final question. I have learned that the yellow in me needs to be more prominent again. Mm. <laughs> I. If, if you've taken that color theory test... I am uh, two-thirds like, of the way through that book. <laughs> are you yep. right now? How cool. Yeah. Okay. I first read it in high school. Like I said, understanding people and behaviors. That's why I was a human development major yeah. in college. So I first read it in high school, and I was like, okay, I love this. I get it. This resonates with me. I was 50-50 red and yellow. Uh-huh. I think I had one white and maybe three blue. For a long time, um, the serious, stressed out, I mean, reds, there's a lot of the, it's, it's important to be a red in so many ways, you know, uh, but they're the very driven, very achievement oriented type of person. And um, as a mother, the red didn't really, I'm a mom now, you know, for the past five years. Well, my daughter's five in September. So your question, what have you learned in the past five years? I have totally learned that the red in me doesn't really jive as a new young mom of babies. Hmm. So I've learned to let the yellow come back because that's, that's really where I feel a lot of joy is in being fun, uh, letting my hair down making a big mess, not caring, not worrying, uh, turning down the volume on achievement to just, just rolling with it and, and simmering down, you know, I think it's important, especially as young moms, to let your children see that you are happy. So do, as we said in this interview, do what fills your bucket, stop worrying about what's not going right, and love them, love your babies for who they are, love yourself, let it go. I have really learned to let the yellow that supports all of those ideas come back. And I've been really happy. It feels good yeah. to to be fun again. But it's okay if you're in the stage where you're not very fun. That's okay. We're, we've all been there. I'm sure I'll get there at another point in my life. But But to learn how to let go, I've learned that in the last five years, and I've really loved it. It's been important for me. Really, really good. Jenny, I've, I've so enjoyed this interview. So much of what you said just hit me right where I needed it. I'm just really grateful that you would take the time to be on today. You're so welcome. Thank you for what you're doing. The, even the title of your podcast, it's about progress, not perfection. 
this is so needed. So I have to toss the thanks right back. And thank you for pumping out so much content with such a wide variety of people so that we can keep learning and and progressing in the right ways. I am just as grateful, Monica. This has been so much fun. So nice, Jenny. Thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed doing that interview with Jenny, and I hope you liked it as well. I'd love to hear what you learned from Jenny. You can always message me on Instagram or Facebook at About Progress, or you can email me at packerprogress at gmail.com. Jenny was actually someone who was nominated to be on the show by a friend, and I loved having that nomination, and I would love to have more. So please reach out to me if you have someone who you think would be a fantastic interview or someone who you think needs to be highlighted for my Do Something series, Do Something That Scares You, please let me know. You can email me at packerprogress at gmail.com. And you know what? I'm really loving doing those longer highlights for the Do Something, but just once a month on my last episode of the month. So look forward to that in two weeks. Next week, you will be listening to an interview I did with Camille Andros. She is a great writer and she has a couple books that are coming out, but one that is out right now that I am obsessed with and so are my kids is Charlotte the Scientist. She was so fun to talk to, very interesting. I think you're going to love what Camille has to say. We'll see you next Wednesday for that interview and until then, take care of yourself.